Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. In this podcast, we open up dialogue on metaphysical subjects, self-healing tools, expanding consciousness, and deepening awareness to support you in co-creating a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. I'm Britt, a self-study entrepreneur, spiritual wellness coach, and self-healing song channeler. And I'm Hannah, an astral researcher, priestess, and inner peace and transformation coach. And together, we're here to serve as your sacred sacred sister. sister. Let's dive in. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. I'm Britt, and today we're going to be diving into developing psychic abilities and the seven clairs, having deep dialogue with Coral Scarlet Newberry. I have to admit, this is my third time recording this intro, and I keep getting this weird feedback, weird feedback that my husband's not going to be able to work with. He's our sound engineer, and I'm really just crossing fingers that this recording goes well. So it's super funny. You might hear me call Coral Scarlet, that's her middle name, a couple times in this episode, there was a couple years that my sister, Charity, used to go by Scarlet. Even to this day, Scarlet is a part of her email address. And Coral reminded me of my sister Charity so much when we first met. And I learned later that it's because Coral has strong Scorpio energy that I'm sure Hannah is going to talk about later. So My sister is Scorpio Sun and I was so excited at the, you know, time that I was going to introduce them together. I knew Coral for probably a year before I introduced my sister to her at my mom's memorial service after my mom passed away last year. And they did hit it off right away. It's so sweet whenever I connect two little people. I'm such a, such a Gemini weaver of the web. I love connecting people to each other. And I feel like that's such a perfect testimony to uh, this podcast as well, because that's a part of what we're doing here is connecting you with people that we have found incredibly inspiring and we hope to, you know, invite you to be curious at who these people are as well. And we hope that you enjoy the conversations that we're having with them. So Coral, oh my gosh. I love Coral. I love this segment that we do where we let you know how we came to know Coral and what has led her to be one of the featured guests on this podcast. So Coral is one of the two people that I've ever met in my life that I've gotten this kind of feeling about. So a couple summers ago, I met this woman, Jill, who wound up being a very pivotal figure in my life. And I remember watching her walk across the meadow at Spirit Weavers, this spiritual women's gathering that I go to. And seeing this blazing, brilliant, bright purple hair. And I was like, oh my gosh, just like watching an angel walking towards me because I was like, oh my gosh, how, like what kind of person must you be to be able to dye your hair like a wild color like that? At the time I was so attached to my hair and dyeing my hair such a vibrant color, like just was probably the edgiest edge of the universe for me. (laughs) And, you know, I became great friends with this person. I love in taking different perspectives, different backgrounds, different stories from people. 
like learning the ways that they've become exactly who they are is my greatest passion. And Coral is definitely one of those people for me. If you've never met Coral before, she is so tatted up. She is so edgy. She's such a badass. Like she's the kind of woman that I look at and I'm just like, oh my goodness, like who is this goddess? So most notably, the tattoo that really drew me to her and also equally intimidated me (laughs) to her is these beautiful dots that she has that connect her inner corners of her eyes. They come up over the bridge of her nose and they're just these beautiful sacred dots. I can't even tell you how many tattoos she has. (laughs) Probably like, I don't even know. It could be up to 70. I have no clue. But there's something about her, her energy, her persona that is just so enchanting. And I know she's probably listening to this just so blushing. I met her at this venue that Hannah was taking this priestess school at. Hannah's a priestess. And I went to a workshop that was being held at this place. And I think it might have been on Egyptian goddesses. And I really just wanted to go to kind of like be surrounding myself with more higher minded people. And I didn't really know very much about Egyptian gods and goddesses, but Egyptian anything like really calls to me. I love learning about ancient civilizations and I decided to go. So I saw Coral at the first one and then I went to the second one. And I think that's where I first talked to Coral and I introduced myself and, you know, it was such an edge for me. And I just had a short conversation with her and then I think it was Hannah that invited her to the moon ceremony here at my house. So as a quick backstory for anyone that hasn't heard, Sacred Sister Podcast used to be Sacred Sister Gathering here in Las Vegas. We would, Hannah and I would host new and full moon gatherings twice a month here at my house or her house in Las Vegas. And they were just these women's circles that we would get together and do deep energy work, do deep, like sacred healing work with one another. And we did that for the entire year of 2018. And then at the end of 2018, we started to feel the pull to to transition Sacred Sister Gathering into Sacred Sister Podcast. And Coral was one of the very first people that was coming to the first gatherings and they, and she stayed the entire time. I think she's like the OG. As a matter of fact, I think she's like the first person to come that lasted the entire time. And she came to like all the gatherings. She said the first night that she came here, I remember opening the door and she looked like she was out of her comfort zone. And I was like, you know, welcome to my house and opening the doors up. I think this is such a testimony to like getting outside of your comfort zone and doing something that's like uncharacteristic for you. In Coral's case, it was coming to a women's gathering, coming to hang out with women, to do moon ceremony. And I remember like halfway through the night seeing her all curled up on my couch, just looking like as tiny as she possibly could. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, who are you? What are you you about? What's going on here? And she's like, I don't do this very often. (laughs) And I was like, what? And she goes, you know, meeting up with women and stuff. And I was like, oh, bless your heart. Like, thank you for coming here. 
For those of you that are not a part of women's circles or not a part of ceremony circles, can you imagine, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone and deciding that you're going to go meet with other women and do deep sacred work together? I know that for a lot of people that haven't ever been to moon ceremony, you're probably like, what is deep sacred work together? What is doing energy work in a circle with women? And, you know, these are things that you just have to go to one of the gatherings to find out. It's sacred work that you can't really describe at the level of potency that you could experience it in circle. So... I really give Coral a lot of kudos for coming out and, you know, meeting with all of us. She has been such a beautiful flower to watch blossom, uh, having her private clients and working with people on developing their, their own psychic energies. We're going to have Coral's contact information in the description of this episode, and we talk about it a little bit more at the end of the episode. So Coral, thank you so much for floating your little fairy mama self into our lives. We are so blessed to know you. And without much more backstory, let's dive into Hannah's astrology episode, and then we'll dive into the interview. Thanks. Enjoy. Thank you, Brittany. Hi, everybody. This is Hannah. Let's dive into the astrology of Coral Scarlet Newberry, shall we? (laughs) So Coral is a Taurus, and she's born right on the cusp between Taurus and Gemini, which is also called the cusp of energy. Taurus is the archetype of the artisan, and Gemini is the archetype of the messenger. So with both of these energies combined, and all of them being in the 8th house, oh my gosh, the 8th house is the house of magic and transformation and death, regeneration, rebirth, life beyond the veil. We see with Taurus, she's able to bring her abilities of connecting to this other realm, of connecting to the darkness within ourselves, but also connecting to the sacredness and connecting to the the spirit realm. And she can bring that into the physical reality through her hands, through her crafts, through her artwork, beautiful, transforming artwork. And the Gemini portion of her son This is how we can see how she's a great communicator and she's able to simplify her mental processes and explain it to other people, explain that magic, explain the unknown, the taboos, talk about all those things in a very grounded and simplified manner. Simplify to amplify would be one of her great mottos to really connect with her sun. And then her moon is in Scorpio. So again, we have, you know, the eighth house is the house of Scorpio, where the sun is in. And then moon is in Scorpio. Again, we have that Scorpio archetype. Scorpio archetype is the transformer, the magician, the witch. And the moon is in the first house. And so she's very confident in her 
ability to show up as the witch, the transformer, as being different. She has tattoos. She is not afraid to show it to the world who she is and what she stands for. Also with the moon in the first house, it shows that family is very important to her. It's important to her to be seen as a mother, as a caretaker, as a nourisher. And with the moon being in Scorpio, she's a witchy mother. <laughs> then her rising sign is in Libra, conjunct Pluto. And Pluto rules Scorpio. So again, we have that Scorpio archetype there. She's such a beautiful depiction of that Scorpio archetype. Again, we have to transform it a witch that is part of her mask or part of the avatar that she has chosen for this lifetime. But with Libra, it's also the artist and wanting to make things beautiful and harmonious. And it's interesting. She has this challenge to make the Plutonian topics beautiful for others. So she sees the beauty in death. She sees the beauty in regeneration, in transformation, in darkness. She sees the beauty in magic. She sees the beauty beyond the veil. And this is what she does through her work with children, with psychic abilities. Pluto is the planet of mediumship and she is able to communicate to spirit beings and beings that aren't in this physical realm. She's very connected to her spirit guides. She has a lot of different tools and practices, which is such a beautiful depiction of her Taurus son, having the tools, right, the physical tools or the exercises to connect more with that depth, with that magic. Her North Node is in Libra in the 12th house. And the 12th house is the house of psychic abilities. It's also the house of being of service to others and connecting with our healing energies. And also the house of art. So it is such a beautiful depiction of the way that she brings in that art and beauty of the magic of the psychic abilities, of the things that maybe other people would see as taboo. She creates art. She creates beauty around it. And the ruler of her North Node, so the North Node stands for her soul's purpose. And the ruler of her soul's purpose is Venus. And Venus is in her ninth house in Gemini. So it shows that where she's heading on her soul's journey is towards becoming a teacher and mentor to others. It's really beautiful to see how she transformed from just being a reader to creating classes, individual classes for her clients, but also group classes and other ways of teaching people how to connect with that depth within themselves, how to connect with that magic and those psychic abilities. So to sum it all up, Coral is a witchy mother who creates art and beauty surrounding magic, transformation, and the darkness of life. She is here to mentor and coach others in connecting deeper with their psychic abilities and healing energies and spirit guides. So that is it from me. <laughs> And now let's dive into the interview. And Coral is going to be guiding us through a beautiful meditation. So just sit back 
and relax and enjoy. Oh, sacred sister, a kindred flame, may we light one another from the ashes rise. Oh, we rise. It's so special and so sacred having you here in this space right now. We honor you and really want to acknowledge your presence here. We're so grateful to be sitting with you today, and we're very excited for you to open the episode with whatever sort of message it is, meditation, whatever it is, to open up the space to begin this deeper dialogue on honoring one's intuitive gifts. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, Britt. Should I go ahead? Is that all right? Absolutely. Okay. So before I do readings for people, I will always begin with some sort of a dedication or prayer to invite in their guides and to kind of create a, a bubble of sacred space for them and for me. And I notice that when I do that, the reading goes so much smoother. In the beginning of doing readings, I was scared to because it was weird, but I have noticed such a difference since I've started to get brave and do that. So that's what we're going to open up the episode with, if that's all right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we're going to take a couple of deep breaths. Angels, archangels, ascended masters, and our guides, we ask you to be present at this time as we have this dialogue together. We ask you to be present for those who are listening as well. We ask that their guides and their angels will be with them as they listen to this podcast today so that their hearts will be open and they will receive the messages that they need to improve their life and to connect to their own soul and their own authenticity and their own spiritual gifts. Help everybody that is, is listening today know that they have so many more spiritual gifts than they realize at this time, and that taking time to develop them is so worth it, and it will expand their happiness and growth so much. We ask that a sacred shield be put over us as we are speaking, that only the very highest and best of energies will be here with us as we, as we continue on in this dialogue. And we thank you so much for all that we have in our life. Um, peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coral. Oh my gosh. We're so excited to be open dialogue on the intuitive gifts and psychic abilities and the clairs. So we are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for taking your time out. I know you have a busy life with six kids. I do. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. Um, number one thing that we always love to ask our guests is 
what is your story? How did you come to learn about your psychic abilities, your intuitive gifts? Like, how did it all start for you and how, and what do you do in your life? So it's, it's uh, such a long story. I'll try to shorten it, but my family is very psychic, very, very psychic. My, the Mexican side of my family and um, my mother was super psychic and it was scary as a kid because, and I think I've told you this before, Hannah, in, in private that, you know, we would, as teenagers, try to trick her and say we were going to sleep at a friend's house and we were really going to some party and she would be able to see us at the party and we'd come home and she would say who was there and what we were wearing and the whole thing. It was no way. Hated it. I felt so violated. I was like, <laughs> you know, that she can do this. This one time, I'll tell you a quick story because this I haven't really shared in public and it's hilarious, but I had my very best friend in the world. He lives in Hawaii and he's been my best friend since I was like 14, 16, something like that. And so I was going to visit him. She let me go like over the summer to visit him for a few weeks in Hawaii. And I told her that I was staying at a, a girlfriend's house when actually I was staying with him. Mm. And, but we, we would sleep in the same bed, but like, you know how you put your feet opposite and then the heads opposite. So you're not actually like sleeping together. Oh my gosh. So we did that because we're just friends. I come home from Hawaii and she's like, Coral, I saw you. <laughs> Like, and his feet were this way and your head was that way. And I was like, I don't know what you mean, but I died. So it was, it was hard growing up that way. And we were kind of, what I kind of got the idea of was that she was so psychic and gifted, not because it was hereditary. It was because she was really strong in her religion. That's what, that was the message that I got as a kid. Mom is a, a really good member of her church. And that is why God has gifted her these amazing powers. And so I always felt growing up that, oh, I must not have these amazing powers because I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not, God's not happy with me. So he's not letting me have these things, you know, my grandmother was that way too. And we have great grandmother and so on and so forth also. But, but that was really the belief I grew up with, but it was really great growing up in a family where those things were talked about so openly. I remember waking up, you know, having breakfast around the table in the morning and we would all immediately say, what, what did you dream? And all of us would talk, all the kids and my parents would talk about what they dreamed, not just for fun, but because we knew that strong messages came through from dreaming. And a lot of those times, uh, those dreams would come true later. And that's why we'd ask. So we could yeah. see what's going to happen. If, is this a real thing? And I realized later growing up is that, you know, Native Americans did that too, where they would have these dream circles and, and they would get messages in the morning after people had dreamed and say, what message did you receive in the nighttime? And so that was kind of the, the environment I grew up in. Mm -hmm. So growing up that way, it really opened my mind to all those things, but I didn't think that I had anything special, um, that I could control anyway. I would have dreams sometimes and they would come true, but a lot of people do. I think that's really common. Um, so anyway, as I got older, what happened was it was around, uh, 29 years old. Isn't that the, what's it called? Something returns. Saturn return. Saturn returns thing. I didn't know that that's what was happening, but it was like between 28 and 30. I started meditating around that time and I learned how to meditate from Yogananda's work, um, Paramahansa Yogananda. And so I started meditating. I was meditating a lot, like a couple hours a day. And that's when I started to see like these visions pop up 
in my mind. And the first time that it happened that I realized I was seeing things that were real was I was meditating and all of a sudden I saw this vision of my sister, Crystal, and she was crying. And she was wearing this really like thin white t-shirt and her hair was all messy. She had no makeup on. And it was Sunday morning. And I know that she should have been getting ready for church at that time. And it was such a strong vision. I, I jumped out of my meditation and I went and called her. And sure enough, she had been crying over some big fight that she'd had with her husband. And it was Sunday morning. She should have been getting ready for church. Um, but, you know... She wasn't in the thin little white t-shirt that she was wearing. Uh, she's Mormon and Mormons have these special clothing undergarments they wear that are called garments. They're very thin and white. And that's what I had been seeing. And I remember being so freaked out. Like I couldn't believe that I had seen this thing that was happening from miles and miles away. And I, wa- I remember at the grocery store pushing my little shopping cart that day, like in a daze, like what happened? How did that happen? You know, and it continued to happen, but just sporadically, I couldn't control it. Once in a while, I'd have some crazy vision. It would be a real thing. Uh, the kids, for example, lost the dog at one point, our dog ran away and I was able to see in my mind, which house the dog had gone to and have them knock on the door and get the dog. Mm. But I, I couldn't control it though. So what ended up happening was I was working at Buffalo exchange where I met my husband there. And there's this, this guy that, that came to Buffalo exchange. And during that time I was dating, this is, I'm sorry, this is a crazy long story, but it's, it's a good one though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I was dating this guy. Okay. And this guy was like, he was not a good dude. He was very unhealthy. He was into drugs, but he was an amazing artist. So I was really impressed with him. And I was like, I know I shouldn't be dating this dude, but he was coming to Vegas and I was starting to get scared because I was like, this guy, like he's really deeply enmeshed in like drug culture. And I was scared and I was at work and I was like shaking and freaking out and asking my, my guides, like, can you guys give me some sort of a message that I'm going to be safe or whatever? And this guy was a puppeteer. He was, he, he was a, he lived on the streets and he made puppets out of trash, but he would find it in the dumpster. So anyway, this other dude comes in to the store and he's talking to me and I'm kind of ignoring him. Okay, here's your clothes, take a room, whatever, because I'm distracted. And finally, you know, I kind of chit chat with him and I say, what do you do? He's like, I'm an entertainer. I was like, well, what kind of entertainer? He says, I'm a puppeteer. And I about flipped. And then he goes, I'm a psychic puppeteer where he he takes little puppets and like, he'll be like, with little kids mostly, you should be an, an author when you're older, like to, to help them connect to their, their futures and whatever. Aww. So I flipped out. I was like, a puppeteer. That's, I've only met two. And the other one was this guy I was dating. So at, during that time, like all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, you are, this is crazy. And we just bonded like fast. And so I ended up working with him and he was my first teacher where he actually was able to teach me about the visions and he made me do readings on him to practice mm. I really didn't want to do. And, you know, he had all these health issues and he was asking me what he should do about them. And I was able to start seeing things popping into my mind. And then he started having other people call me to do readings on them, which was terrifying, but that was really how I got started with actually doing readings. And that was, you know, I, I, I feel like I needed a teacher to really learn how to control it. And, and also to not think I was losing my mind that I wasn't crazy. It was like real, you know? Yeah. So that's how I got started. That's the beginnings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's funny, huh? 
<laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I feel like it's it's so uh, it's so interesting because I think this is happening for a lot of people when we start getting in contact with those spiritual gifts that we all have in some capacity. We, especially in the society, we tend to think that we might may go crazy, you know? And I mean, if you would have told this to a normal doctor, there are chances that you would have gotten some prescriptions for some drugs that are going to help you to not have these visions and to like literally shut it down. I I had a few of my clients that have been through that and they said they've seen visions and they've seen all of that. And then they, the the doctor put them on medication because he said, it's not real. It's not there. So, um, yeah, same with my dad my dad, uh, was having really strong visions after my grandfather passed away in a really traumatic uh, way. And then, uh, it was right when my mom was getting sick too. And he had this same vision every single night of this coffin falling off the bed and my grandfather walking across the room into like this awning of fire and he didn't know what to make of it so he went and told his counselor about it got sent to a doctor and got put on an antipsychotic and not only did it stop the visions but it stopped a lot of his dreaming period Um, for a long time Yeah. But it's like, it's like such an interesting thing because for people that are not necessarily tapped into like this world of finding deeper meaning and things that are circulating in their lives, it's like, how do you even conceptualize that this could, you know, like, how do you even open the door for people that are just like kind of functioning in, in the matrix still? Yeah. Um, you know, just, I got sidetracked with, I I have to tell you this really quick because I feel like it's important, but where you were talking about, um, shutting those visions down with the medication and, you know, I, I do believe that sometimes people need medication for certain things and all that kind of thing. I take it from time to time. There was a time when I was taking so much medication that I had been prescribed and especially sleep medication. And it was, I was very addicted to the sleep medication. It was Ambien. I mean, it was such a crazy addiction. I don't know how I ever got off, but I remember the thing that motivated me to get off of it was because I knew that with my children, I I could not tap into what I needed to see mm-hmm. psychically for them. I couldn't dream the things that needed to come through for them if I was on that medication. And it was so hard to get off. But I remember I was like, I know from, for me, when I was growing up, I could always go to my mom and I could say, mom, how do you feel about this? Have you had any feelings? Have you had any dreams? And I was like, if I cannot do that for my kids, then I am doing a huge disservice to Mm. them. And that was a big motivating factor to get off the medication I was on. So, okay. So now what was the other question? I got sidetracked. It's beautiful. I love that you just mentioned that. And, and it's almost like taking a responsibility of like developing our own gifts and, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to dismiss them. It's so easy to think, oh, who cares about that? I love that you grow up in a family where you were asked, what did you dream last night? Like, oh my gosh, like that would have been my dream <laughs> as a kid. Like I, I grew up in a family where it was like, dreams don't matter. We don't want to hear your dreams. That's your thing. That's your fantasy that your brain just made up. We don't care. Um, 
And I always wanted to share my dreams. It's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had these amazing dreams. And I was, you know, lucid dreaming and astral traveling already as a kid. And um, I shut it down throughout my teenager times too and just, you know, came into it by the end of 20s again, came back into it. But um, it, it was the same thing. Like my parents were like, it's just, it was just not a thing in their lives. So they didn't yeah. see the importance of it and why, um, how it can help others, not, not just ourselves, but also, you know, your kids, also your friends, your family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it was so funny. My, my daughter just this morning, she comes to me and she's like, mom, mom, I can't believe this thing happened. And, and I always say that to them. I'm like, the coolest thing happened, but she had her own story today. And she's, she's 15. And she says, uh, that the, the night before last, she dreamed that her, her science teacher, I think it was, got in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And then she went to school and he had some kind of sling on his shoulder and he had gotten into a car accident. Mm-hmm. So cool that she mm-hmm. is starting to have, you know, her own proof that these things are real things, you know? And so that was, that was huge. And that was just today. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, today. Yeah, that was just this morning. So, so yesterday I had, I was going through this intersection and I actually like, this happens to me quite common when I'm passing an intersection, I envision or I imagine, or I think, oh my gosh, what if someone came from the side and T-boned me? But yesterday I actually slowed down at an intersection because I felt it like more strongly. Mm -hmm. And then the next time that I talked to Hannah, she goes, we just got into an accident and someone hit us from the side. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but it's all good. It was, it was, we, we were all slow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing. No, I wasn't envisioning something super crashy happening. Right. But I yeah. love that you just mentioned that. And it, I really want to touch on something that you said earlier. I feel like I had a little light bulb moment whenever um, you were talking about your lineage. And I think this is a really great piece for any listeners that maybe haven't um, started putting thought or conceptualizing ideas like this because I never really knew what ancestral trauma or generational trauma or even like conceptualizing how to look at my ancestral lineage like from generations past and I love that you mentioned that you have had this ability within your lineage and within your bloodline that's really beautiful I think to lay uh lay voice to because all of us have these ancestors, we all have, um, you know, things that have been passed down in our bloodline and it's always up to us to get curious, to investigate what has gone on in our family as far as the good and the bad. Yeah. Really looking at the way that it's passed down to us, the way that it's reflecting in our lives, the way that we're operating in that way or denying to operate in that way. And then always allowing yourself this space that says, because it's my family's does not make it mine as far as trauma goes, or, uh, you know, wanting to reach out and, and hold something that maybe you haven't, um, learned to live into in this life, but that you want to embody or that you want to get curious about. Mm -hmm. I just love to share a teeny tiny story about my grandmother my mom's mom, my grandma Tita, um, and I, I need to talk to my grandma Tita and see if this is like even her mom and her mom's mom. But my grandma was really, really psychic. And she used to know when people were going to get in car accidents and, mm-hmm. and my grandfather would too. So um, there were, there were some times that 
you know, my grandfather would come home late at night and my grandma would be like, you have to go back out. So-and-so is getting yeah. a car accident or something like that. And, and it would come true and it would freak her out. So, <laughs> yeah. so she asked God to actually remove this mm-hmm. from her because she was so scared. And I think right. she had already trans, no, I don't think she had become a Christian yet, but that was the role that my mom played in my family's life is that she was a born again Christian and would even like make my dad stop on the side of the road to pick up homeless people so that she could witness mm-hmm. to them. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. She was like, she was that <laughs> person. but she was yeah. the big, she was the big witness in her family and got, had my auntie net, her sister transitioned to Christian and my grandmother too. So I think that was a part of the shutting down of that process too. Yes. Yes. You know, it's funny. My mother, she kind of did the same thing because, uh, we were pretty crazy. Me and my brothers and sisters, one of them was not, she's like a saint just fell from heaven. This girl, she does all the right things, but me and my other brothers and sisters were just nuts. And so my mom, she would see all the crazy things that we were doing in her, you know, visions and she didn't want to see them anymore. She didn't want to worry about them anymore. So she asked God or the universe, she asked if, if there's nothing I can do about what my kids are doing, don't let me see it. Mm-hmm. Don't let me know about it. And things got easier for me after that. <laughs> you know, it, it was nice because I, I had autonomy after that. I had autonomy. Yeah. I didn't have somebody like psychically spying on me all yeah. the time, which was really nice. And I wish that I'd had these tools, you guys, when I was young, because there are ways to make it so that people cannot psychically spy on you. Mm. You know, you can create like this, this energy barrier around yourself. There's things you can do. And I, I of course I didn't know as a kid, but, but, uh, my grandmother was like that too, Brit. And, uh, this is such a funny story, but my family's from Mexico. I think she uses too. you uses too, right, Brittany? Uh, yes. From yes. Lineage from Spain, but they came over to Mexico, which is now Mexico, new Mexico after the border was created. Okay. Yeah. Us to Spain and to Mexico. But my grandmother was very psychic and would know when people were going to die and all the kind of thing. And there's such a funny story. There was this story about my grandfather. He wasn't quite as uh, philanthropic as my the, the females in my family. And so they had a lot of cows. Well, they had a couple of cows in, in Mexico. And that's a big thing. So that's a lot of money. Like they're rich because they had a couple cows where they lived. And one day some lady wanted milk from the cows. Some poor lady said, could I have milk from the cows? And my grandfather said, no. (laughs) And my grandmother told him, because you didn't get milk for that lady, you didn't share our milk. That cow is going to be dead in the morning. And it was dead in the morning. (gasps) Yeah. And it was like that, like the whole way through growing up. This is a horrible story, but um, my little cousin died when he was three and he was run over by his dad, backed over by his dad in in the car where his dad didn't know he was behind him. And when my aunt went to go tell my grandmother what happened, she was like, she said, you know, mom. And she started to tell her and my grandmother said, Oh no. She goes, the baby got run over by the car. Like she saw it and she said it out loud and nobody, nobody ever told her what happened. Like she saw it and she knew it immediately. Mm. So yeah. So that kind of thing. And you know, I think it's important also to know that these things run in your family. For me, what was important was to know that it does, it's not anything to do with being a good person. 
that's a big aha moment that I had to have with myself where people think that if you're psychic or you have these, these, you know, special gifts that it's because you're a good person. But there's some shitty people out there who have these gifts too, and they use them for crappy things. And I always kind of equate it to Beethoven, where he was an asshole. Like, he's a bad dude. He was not nice. But then you listen to his music, and he clearly had the ability to connect with God, to connect with his higher self in the universe, and to channel. But he was not necessarily a nice guy. And so when you can see things as hereditary, you can see them as special gifts that have just come to you, you know, for whatever reason and not equate it with religion, not equate it with being a good person. I feel like that really frees you up to, you know, to know that you have them too. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything special to earn them. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I also feel like, I, I feel like that so many more people have special gifts and spiritual gifts, just as we all have, you know, we can, we're able to hear and see and feel and touch most of us and taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can have those as clairvoyance and clairaudience and clairsentience right. in uh, in um, in a small capacity, you know, until we start more developing them and more like diving into them. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what I feel very passionate about allowing people to understand that it's it's so much more like even if you don't know that your mom was psychic, there is a big chance that you are. You know what I yeah. mean? Like even yeah. my my mom, for example, <laughs> it has um, such an intuitive gift. Like she knew, for example, she knew that my grandma was going to cross over. And so she woke up in the middle of the night and she went over to my grandma's and, and to her mom and held her hand and guided Mm -hmm. her to cross over. Right. Like she knew. And she told my dad about it. And my dad was just like, well, that was just random. You know, I was just woke up in the morning and probably needed to pee anyway. And, you know, you know, just like really making it super casual. Yeah. Rationalizing it. And so my mom was never at that place where she really embraced her intuitive gifts. Like she, if you asked her if she was psychic, she was like, no way. There were so many incidences where my mom knows she just like, she has this clear cognizance. Like she just knows what's going on. Like she knows when I'm not happy. She knows when I'm sad. Mm -hmm. Like she knows, um, you know, when, when something's going on with someone and, you know, with she knew that my mom that her mom is going to cross over but Mm -hmm. since she was never validated in it it was never something that she owned she didn't own spiritual gifts yeah yeah i'm I'm really curious i know that we've spoken on a few uh a few of the clairs but i would love to just add some structure and talk about each of the clairs and maybe we can go through the list and then focus on each one and like share some stories, share some, you know, insights. So let's, let's go through. So there are six that we have listed here. Um, I feel like when I was first learning about Claire's, I heard of the five, uh, but you know, I feel like as time goes on more are sort of being understood of how we can perceive more and more and more abilities. Mm -hmm. So we have clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, Mm-hmm. Clear audience, which is clear hearing. Right. Clear sentience, which is clear feeling. Mm-hmm. 
clear aliens, which I don't know that I had heard of, which is clear smelling. That's dope. Okay. I was talking to my husband about this the other day and I was like, I know there's one for smelling and I can't remember the name. Okay. There you go. Clear aliens. Now, you know, aliens. Okay. Isn't that cool? That's called aliens. (laughs) How funny. Yeah. Clear gustins, which is uh, clear tasting Mm -hmm. and clear cognizance, which is the clear knowing. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, the ones that I work with the most are uh, clairvoyance and clairsentience. And I actually had read a book by Doreen Virtue a while back, and it was one of the funnest books that I read on psychic work. I know she's kind of like out of the loop these days. That's okay. But (laughs) it was so fun because she actually had exercises in it where... And I want to make a book for the kids. And I actually do play these games with the kids now, but I want to have something more formal to to do with them. But so in the book, it would say, okay, now we're going to test your ability for clairvoyance. And it would say on page 60, what is the answer to the question on page 60? That's all it would say. Mm. And I was like, I can't freaking do that, you know, because it could be any question. And so there was maybe five questions like that for clairvoyance. And I just was like, whatever, who cares? It's just me and myself here. I'll just try it. So I closed my eyes and it was like, what is the drawing on page 72? What is the shape that's whatever? And so I went and and wrote them all and I got all but one right. The Mm. question, I remember specifically the question on page whatever was two plus two. And I had written down math question and then I wrote four. And that was the answer to that question. And I about flipped my crap. I mean, I knew I was already, like, I was already doing psychic work, but something as specific as that was so crazy. But then what got crazy was then there was a whole section for just clear audience. And it said, which is clear hearing for those of you who are uh, new to this. And it said, okay, you cannot, you have to shut down your, your visual, you know, aspects of things. You cannot be using your visual psychic, whatever. Sorry. Clear sentient. Clear. What is the word? Clear seeing. Clear seeing. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You have to just use your hearing. And I didn't get any right. I could, I could not pick up any of it because I, I'm not good with that. You know, I'm not good with clear audience at all. And so that was a testament to me that there are just some people that if I try to say, okay, we're going to do psychic work and I play psychic games with you, we're going to do like a class and everybody is going to try to picture what I just drew on this piece of paper. There are some people that won't be able to do it and they'll walk away thinking that they don't have any psychic gifts when that is so not true. Like everybody has some psychic gift. Mm-hmm. They're different from other people's, but they have them. Yeah. So that, that was really interesting. Yeah, I would like to strengthen the ones that I'm weak in uh, if, that's, if that's possible, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know the name of the book? Remember? You know, I don't remember what it was. I think it was, it might've been the light workers way, but I don't think so, but I can, I can send it to you and you can put it in the notes. It was Perfect. one of her older, older, older books. And I've recommended it to a few friends. And I, I, a lot of the psychic games I play with my kids, I got from that book. Oh, very cool. Yeah. We're going to yeah. touch more on the psychic games later on too. Oh, they're so fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, so I just want to add to, I just read actually yesterday, a little exercise uh, by Rebecca Rosen. She's a psychic medium mm-hmm. um, to kind of find out what is your strength in each of these clairs. Right. And 
she said, okay, so the way you can do it is you just take a moment and look around in your room and just really take in everything that you can mm-hmm. and, and, and dive into the feeling of it, like really take in everything and then close your eyes and now feel into what is it that you mostly remember of this room. Mm-hmm. Is it the things that you saw? Is it the smell, the taste, oh. the things that you heard, the, mm-hmm. the feeling that the room provoked in you? Right. Is, it the, is it the inner knowing that may have come up, like some ideas? And, and this is how you can figure out, okay, what am I naturally more tuned into? So wow. what, what sense am I naturally more picking up? And mm-hmm. I did that as a little test for myself. And I realized it was, for me, uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, mm-hmm. and claircognizance. Those uh-huh. are like my, my three. Whereas my clairvoyance is not as um, empowered as, as yours, just, yeah. you know, like as your mom's and like seeing all this stuff, but yeah. it's more like with like receiving visions and, you know, the right. lucid readings and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's so fascinating because we can tune into, okay, what is it that we naturally feel? Is it that we like tune more into the hearing or the feeling or the smelling and the tasting mm-hmm. side of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it can be frustrating. I'll tell you because with, with my six kids, because I pick up things very differently than they do. I, the way that it feels is that they're almost in a little bubble where they're in this little bubble and they see things in a different way than I do. So they can be experiencing something psychic that no one else can see or no one else can feel. And also I can't. Because that the gifts that some of they, them have are not the same as me. So I've, that's been something I've been experiencing just recently with the kids, which can be really hard for me because I'm like, this is the work I do. I do this. And then they're experiencing something I'm not aware of. And mm-hmm. it, it can be hard, you know. But that's, yeah. why we have, that's why we have to do this work together. That's why we're not, you know, on some desert island by ourselves doing this. Because the gifts that one of us have, another might not. And when we rely on each other and we create this network, this little ecosystem where we use all those gifts together, we can become so much more powerful. Then we have all the gifts. We have all of them. Yeah. Not just within ourselves. Do you know, do you know, yeah. Do you know that little story um, in the Bible? I want to, I want to quote it, um, maybe put it in the caption or something, but it's, it's this little story about how it's not about being jealous of of other people's gifts, but about owning your own gift. And the hand is not jealous of the foot. The eye is not jealous of the nose. Do you remember that little thing? Yeah, yeah. And it's like um, by all of them coming together, we're part of this big body and and the body needs all of us. Otherwise, it's not, you know, this is is the teamwork and we all have our special gifts. And when we come together, we can make it a whole. Yeah. You know that, that movie, the dark crystal, I, I've yes. only seen it once and I don't remember like any of it, but there was this one scene where the main character, the girl and the boy, the like, they're like best friends or lovers or something. And they're holding hands and all of a sudden they can see into each other's like 
energetic space. They can see each other's past. They can see mm-hmm. each other's future and they tell each other, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you do this. I'm seeing you do that. And then the other person is doing the same thing back. And that's how I always, I feel like that is our true nature. That's mm-hmm. how we are supposed to be interacting with one another. We're supposed to be able to do those things. Yeah. I, I mean, imagine, imagine the justice system if there were more psychically um, empowered beings in the, in the court and in the justice system, there wouldn't be such a thing as like getting away with murder and, you know, doing these things because you yeah. would touch the person and be like, I right. see you, <laughs> you did this. And then the other person right. like, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know what has been blowing my mind lately? I'll tell you something that's kind of blowing my mind. I know we're talking about the Claire's. We should go back to them maybe. But um, I've, I've been talking to a few uh, psychic debunkers lately. Mm-hmm. Like people who debunk psychics for a living. Yeah. And I don't mind. And it's kind, of, it's kind of neat. It's kind of like the checks and balances of the psychic community. And I think that's great. But what, what shocks me about people like that is that to be, be a psychic debunker or somebody who's very, very skeptical, it has to mean in my mind that, that they haven't had these experiences, mm-hmm. that they've never had a dream that, ha- that they dreamed and then it came true, that they've never like yeah. just known something and then it happened. That blows my mind that they might, there might be people out there who haven't experienced that. Right. Yeah. Like they're so, they're more committed to, to, th- to being cynical of someone else's experience than you know, being open to the possibility that maybe it's just something they haven't experienced yet. What do you guys think? I do want to, you know, I do want to kind of understand this better. Why do you think that, that maybe some people are just kind of, that they don't have the experiences, that they don't have them? You know what? They're maybe cutting themselves off. I think, I think some of them cut themselves off and I wonder if other ones are just like, just don't have that sixth sense because I mean, there are people that are blind. There are people that are deaf, you know, Uh, yeah, that that has to be kind of like, yeah, exactly. That some people are born with, uh, you know, the color blindness or whatever. And maybe that is the universe just making us have different variations of humanity to make things more interesting because, you know, I just don't believe that that they're being cut off to make themselves miserable and confused. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it plays into the duality of life too. As soon as we have like on one side, people that believe in it in psychic Mm -hmm. abilities and own it, there has to be on the other side, people that don't own it and don't believe in it. You know, it's like, it's this game that we play here on earth. It's everything is like the yin and yang and the duality and polarity. And we're like triggering each yeah. other and learning from each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I would love to go back to something that you said a couple minutes ago, Coral, about coming together and about really having that community, having that sisterhood I really love that Hannah and I host this podcast together because I feel like we're such beautiful reflections of one another and the duality Mm -hmm. that we can experience as sisters because this is so normal for Hannah, like Mm -hmm. that she's developed within herself. She's just really embodied it and accepted it. And, you know, I'm stepping into that place more now, but I want to speak to all the listeners that might feel like this is so far outside of themselves and so far outside of their realm of conception or, you know, even just thinking that something like this is possible because those are where the judgments come from that are 
that are like, you know, very skeptical or cynical or where we can just lay harsh judgments on other people because we haven't experienced the stuff ourselves. So Sage comes over and I just hand her my grandfather's hat, the hat that he was wearing on his head every day. I come from like a very small town, rural area in New Mexico, where like the majority of my family on both sides are kind of like cowboys. And, you know, everyone has pigs and goats and sheep and horses and all, all that, all the animals. So she holds the hat, the sombrero and is like feeling around on the inside of the brim of the hat and immediately just goes like, Oh my gosh, this just feels hot. This just feels so like fire. And I don't even know what I'm picking up right now. And you know, the stature of this person is just so strong and just keeps mentioning hotness and heat and fire. And, um, like the strength that was inside of my grandfather's energy. And at the end of the reading, I was just absolutely beside myself because my grandfather did pass in a fire accident where he fell into a fire pit in my parents' backyard at a matanza, a party that was being had for me. Isn't that insane? I don't don't know if I've shared this. I think I maybe have shared a little bit of the story Mm -hmm. in season one of the, of the podcast, but it's like, it's just so powerful to, to, it can be so life-changing to really feel into our capabilities. And she doesn't even do this like professionally. She was just feeling into something that she intuitively felt like she might have a gift in inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I just wonder if any of you can can really kind of speak to this or I love that you're touching on that. <laughs> the clear t- <laughs> <laughs> the clear touching that we didn't mention in our list before, the clear tangent. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean I personally haven't had an experience with clear tension, so I can't say that that I um have that gift at this point in my life. But at the same time, I feel like we can be so, um, you know, feeling into and tuning into what is already there. And then the more that we allow ourselves to develop that, the other ones start, or there is a chance that the other ones start to come in more. Like mm-hmm. for me, for example, I started out with my very first, well, I guess my clairvoyance, if you want to look into like visions and stuff that I had as a kid, but my, like my very first, when I was like more older, the Claire that came in was Claire, um, Claire aliens. (laughs) So that was when my grandma, uh, crossed over and I, we saw her laying in bed and everybody was around her crying. And I was like, she's not there anymore. That's just an empty vessel. She's not here. And Mm -hmm. so I left the room and I went to the living room where she always loves to be in. And I sit down on the chair, uh, on the couch that she so loved. And suddenly I feel this wind and I started smelling her perfume. It's like very distinct perfume. And I just like, I got goosebumps all over me and I just knew, wow, hi, here you are. (laughs) 
And it was just so beautiful. And since then, slowly, I started to just um, learn more about death and, and, you know, the crossing over and where we actually are, like on the other side of the veil, basically, and that we're never really die. But that was like my initiation. It was actually through the Claire aliens. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've... I've met a lot of people that have been saying like, yeah, I sometimes like smell this or I smell uh, roses or I smell a perfume from my mom and, you know, just like different things. And I don't think a lot of people are aware that that's Claire aliens. Yeah. You know, a a little um, exercise, I'm all about exercises, as you know, like anytime I teach a class, it's just filled with with really practical advice and exercises, because I want people to be able to go home and do stuff, not just be entertained, you know? So one thing that I have told, I can't remember which client, but I came up with this where they were trying to uh, strengthen their psychic abilities. And what I told them to do to start reading people's energy is this. And I have done this too, and it's really, really magical. So do you know how, I don't know if you have stairs in your house. You do, Hannah. Uh, Britt, you don't. But sometimes you can hear someone coming down the hallway or down the stairs. You don't know who it is, but you can feel who it is. They, they almost have their footsteps, almost have like a DNA mm-hmm. to them. And so just starting to practice of guessing, okay, I can feel someone coming. Who is it? Is the same technique and kind of the same way that you start to read people's energy. And a really good exercise to do is to get a piece of paper and write down like maybe your children or your husband or your best friend, write down like four or five different people and just sit there with each person and pretend that they're behind you or that they're coming down the stairs where you don't see them, but you feel their energy and write down everything that you feel about them. And you will learn so much about those people from doing that things that you did not know. Like it is, it is astounding how much you can pick up just from just setting the intention to tap into their energy. Yes. Thank you for that. That's a beautiful exercise. Yeah. That's a good, that's a fun action guide for our audience too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. The, the clear sentience of the, of the feeling of the energies it's, it's interesting too, because when I started doing, um, tarot readings for, people other than my friends and I started actually going into you know the public and start giving readings and Brittany actually just recently had her very first one official tarot reading um yeah yeah oh you mean being hired Yes. That's oh so yeah, yeah. Halloween, it was so much fun. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. So bad. Congrats. Thank and you. that and that actually started for me where I really tapped into Claire Sentience more. Because at first when I started off with tarot, I had a book and I was very much by the book and I was learning all about it, what it what it means in a book. <laughs> and then I started to like learn more about, okay, let me feel into this energy. Let me feel like what is really going on, what is the story behind it, and what is this what can I pick up from the energy of the person that I'm reading um, and bring that into the cards with me. And so I feel like these little tools if that's tarot, if that's, um, um, pendulum, if that, you know, different, different crystals, those can all help us 
feel more into that clairsentience as well and or feel more into the clairs and start knowing something that is maybe not presented literally in front of us, but that we just feel within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that today. I was thinking how I really want to learn how to you know, read the, the melted wax and candles and tea leaves, because all of that is the same. It's all the same. You know, it's just giving your conscious mind something to chew on and mess with so that you can really, so that your unconscious mind and your higher self can get the actual message. And so you can do it with clouds or, you know, throwing bones or whatever. I have a friend like those. Yeah. I have a friend of mine. She, her name is Chelsea and she was actually my initiator (laughs) initiator she helped me she initiated me (laughs) initiator thank you she helped me to really um tune into my psychic abilities and Mm -hmm. she was the very first friend that I had when I moved to Las Vegas I met Mm -hmm. her at a I want to say a magician show yeah and um I uh, and we were both hired uh, as models in this magician show and so that's how I met her and I just was so inspired by her because she does tarot tea leaf readings lipstick readings um, handwriting analyzes and like all these different things and I'm just like how do you know all of this like how do you do it and she's like I'm just, you know, it's the same thing. You just got to tune into the energies, whatever you pick up. And like she does crystal ball readings and like all these things where I at first, I mean, now I actually almost had a gig as a tea leaf reader, but then it didn't end up happening. But I was like opening myself up to it. I was like, you know what? If that's what comes, wants to come into my life, like I'm open to practice And um, I just love how she saw it as so normal. And that's always helps me when, when I meet someone for, for who is just like completely normal um, because then I can take that on and be like, Oh yeah, it is normal. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I say that to myself, that that's normal, I actually open myself up to experience that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really love about my my mentor, Letty Schneider, which I always give her a shout out because she has taught me so freaking much. But you meet her and she looks like a normal human being. She's not like, you know, covered in crystals with a little crown and all sorts of sacred geometry all over her body and like little robes. I mean, she just looks normal. And she'll like, you know, she like, she takes her little shot of tequila once a day. And she, you know, I love that. Because it really normalizes this. It's like you don't have to go out and, and cover your body with all kinds of, uh, you know, spiritual artwork like me <laughs> or whatever. You don't have to eat a certain way to make it happen. And you can just be yourself and just be very, have a lot of self-awareness. I feel like psychic work is self-awareness. Like that is the, the main thing that it is. And, you know... I used to do a lot of tarot card readings. Like that's how I started at 14. I like secretly bought a pack of, I was raised Mormon and, you know, secretly bought my little pack of tarot cards and studied them and and learned how to read cards really well. But once I started to really get to know myself and become very authentic in myself, that's when my psychic gifts really Mm, were strengthened. mm, 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 And now I use tarot cards almost never, almost never. I'm telling you like, out of 10 readings I do, 
maybe I'll use the cards for one little question that I want a little bit more clarity on. I think you, Hannah, also are getting more kind of doing things intuitively and less with tools. And I, I always want to stress to people that as fun as tools are, it can be super fun to have, you know, little bells and singing bowls and all the things. But I do feel like the universe, I don't want to say God because that might trigger people, but you know, the universe, our creator did not make it essential for us to go to the store and buy anything to be able to do psychic work. We should not ever feel like we have to have special oils or a special crystal. Our body, our intention, our soul, that is all Mm -hmm. we need to do powerful psychic work. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for touching on that. I think it's really important. It can, it can create that whole divide that people have over, um, just like different aspects of lack mindset too. Like, Oh, I would be able to, but if only I had this and it just puts the power outside of themselves. But yeah, I love that both of you just touched on that right now too. I'm someone who sees massive importance in tools just for myself, as far as like it, it feels like almost a gasoline stop that I go and re up myself by tapping into these, you know, um, pieces of magic that, you know, awaken something inside of me or fill me up in some way. But that's just where I'm at right now. And I think that it's really important to also mention that it's a spectrum that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in the beginning, it's like everyone is so individual that maybe in the beginning, this isn't going to be your story. Maybe seasons later, you're going to resonate with using tools as a fill up station more, or maybe you know, it's like everyone is so individual and that's why I think setting the comparison game aside for things that are as etheric as this is really, really helpful too. And just putting everybody else's experiences totally mm-hmm. to the side whenever you're trying to unfold and uncover what it is that your unique path is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Letty, my, my mentor, she, I remember when I first met her, I met her through a friend who is ridiculously gifted also, but she doesn't do it as a job. And she was working with Letty and I was the newbie. I was like the kind of the third wheel at first. And so we'd all hang out and, and Letty and my friend were just talking about all this amazing psychic work they're doing. And, and I remember just sitting there kind of jealous, like, and really trying to pick up on can I read their minds right now? Maybe I can share something that's just going to blow them away. You know, like I wanted so bad to be like (laughs) at their level or whatever. And I remember Letty telling me a few weeks later, she didn't know that. I never said it out loud, but she was like, Coralita, she always called me, Coralita, you need to stop trying to like grasp this fruit that is not in your reach yet. You need Mm -hmm. to let it happen naturally because you're cutting yourself off from your own process by doing that. And I remember being like ashamed that she knew, Mm -hmm. but, but truly it was within a year after that point that I started getting much stronger in my, in my psychic abilities. Mm. What a humbling process too, huh? Yeah. You need that. And you know, you need people who are, who are stronger than you in, in certain areas. You need that. Otherwise you don't grow. There's that quote that says, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm. I love that quote. And that's why I really do try to find, you know, women like you to surround myself with people who are doing maybe more than me in certain areas so that I can grow. I know that I I do these sweat lodges. I told you Britt about the Mm -hmm. sweat lodges and 
it is, it's a little intimidating because they, I had this Lakota medicine woman who was as powerful as, as can be. And then this amazing medium who, I mean, I've never met a medium that was like as legit as, as she is all these women who are just so gifted and then I always feel like I'm the kind of not quite, maybe not quite at their level. They're older than me. They've been doing this for so, so long. And I've been doing it for, you know, a while, but not 20 years. But I'm always so grateful to be included because I know that just by being around those type of people, not even them teaching me formally, but just by being in the presence of those kinds of people, my spiritual gifts are growing. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's why I love going to this Conscious Life Expo that Britt and I just recently went uh, last weekend, because that's like the same thing. Like we see people on stage doing their thing, being so grounded in who they are and just owning their gifts and even just being around them. And we're going to have some of them on this podcast. We're so excited. Um, but even just being around them is already activating so many things in both of us. It's just like, (laughs) I sent Hannah like a 25 minute audio message last night. Like, do you just feel like life is different now? Like things are happening. (laughs) Wow. I need to go to that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. You know what I was going to say to Coral? Cause both of us are Taurus, Gemini cusp, huh? Because your birthday yeah. is two days before mine. So when you were two days before, right? You're yours is the 28th or the, no, the 18th. No, 18th? yours is the 20th, right? Yes. The day before mine, I'm the 21st. Oh, okay. Okay. So what you were just speaking, um, I just want to, you know, expand on a little bit. Cause I feel like it's such a Gemini trait that we are so curious that we just, we really love being in that sort of, um, platform where we're learning from people around ourselves all the time. And I know for myself, when I feel myself, um, like hanging out with groups of people and I realize that I'm not learning anything from them, I just like, it it can almost be a struggle not to become resentful because I'm like, nope, this is, I need more. I need more stimulation. I need more, um, more activation. Like that's, you know, this is just my path because I'm endlessly devoted to self-study work and like learning how to grow myself. But these are the pieces of inspiration that we can align ourselves with when we know what it is that we're trying to head towards. And we can start looking at our friend groups and saying like, okay, do these people make me feel good? Do they talk to me in a loving way? Are they like encouraging of me to be my best self? Are they, you know, or do you not get a lot of those things? And that's when we start to ask ourselves, like, what is it that I really want out of this life? And am I going to move towards that here? And this is the way that the spiritual path starts to change your life. Because the choice is always in your hands of whether you stay in that situation or if you, you know, decide to do the scary thing because your life will change whenever you start moving in a different way in life. And sometimes I think that people just like haven't experienced that yet. And, and they haven't really been able to feel into the potency that's inside of like actually making different choices in your life and how that will lead to a different reality for yourself over time. So funny. I am exactly that way, Britt. Exactly. And I feel kind of bad because I feel like, am I using people? Like I always have to ask myself that because I only want to be around friends that can teach me something. 
And so if I meet somebody that I know is really amazing presenter or performer or writer, immediately I want to be around that person because I know they can teach me something. And I don't mean to be like a user, but, and it's not really that it's that, it's that I, I respect them and I see myself in them. I see a seed of what I want to become in, in the people that I'm surrounding myself with. And it's more of honoring them. But at the same time, I do not hang around with people just because they make me feel good. I don't. So, so I want to touch on that real quick too, because I'm just like my, my astrology brain is just like, you have to mention this. So, (laughs) So in the 11th house, the 11th house rules our friends and the people that we connect ourselves with, but it also rules our future. Mm. So this is where it's like so potent because like literally the people, you know how they always say the five people that you surround yourself with are the ones that you become. So, you know, becoming aware of, and especially, you know, we were talking about here, psychic abilities, surrounding yourself with people who already have developed some of these abilities or own them or, you know, embody them in some ways is going to naturally take you on that path. You don't even have to like um, study formally with them, but even just being surrounded by them is helping you already moving towards that future self of yours. And I love how you said that you see yourself in them because they Mm -hmm. are a version of your future self. And that's ultimately like the people, our community and our friends that we ultimately are called to connect with. And even, you know, just in astrology, like in the 11th house, friends and future self are in the same house it's the same thing it's connect it's the same kind of energy so i love that we touched on this because for people that are listening to this and they're like i don't know it's not in my reality at all that i would be able to have any psychic abilities seek out people that do seek out people who listen to a psychic medium or seek out people that are already owning it just like being here on the sacred sister podcast you know just and and even just to add on to what you just said because i love it so much especially if you listen to the other people and they trigger you and yeah and you have like this any sort of like negative association with the stories they're telling or the techniques they're using the practices they're mentioning if those trigger you those are the deepest teachers, the most potent teachers for you because they have a lot to teach you because you don't see things the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I love it. (laughs) This is such a fun conversation. So I, I was curious if we can, um, keep, keep some little, um, story sections truncated. So it's like, we've talked about the clairtangents. We've talked a little bit about clairvoyance, um, Hannah, you touched on the uh, Claire aliens, and I wanted to share the little story that um, my little candle that's right here that my little circle uh, card is on from the archetype Kim Cranstack is the candle that Hannah got me for Christmas when my mom first entered treatment. <laughs> I just haven't thought about a lot of this in a long time. So I'm being very activated in this conversation. (laughs) So this little candle here, Hannah gave me to pray over my mom. And I said that I was going to bring it into my mom's room and, you know, just, um, yeah, really spend time with it when I was with my mom. And right after 
I think Hannah gave me this is when my mom went downhill really rapidly. So I went out there and I wasn't able to light this and spend that kind of time with her because there were people in the room nearly all the time because she was having to constantly be monitored. But when I came home uh, after she had passed away and I hadn't lit it yet, I woke up, um, I think four days after she passed and I had a convention that I was working. I know probably a lot of people are like, you worked four days after your mom passed away. And yes, I did because, um, you know, I think that transition was easier for me to understand because I saw it coming from a long way away. And I knew that she was with me directly after she passed away. So I had never had a clear alien feeling before, but I was laying in bed and I remember opening my eyes right after I woke up and thinking about my mom and saying, okay, mom, you're going to come with me to the convention today. And my nose flooded with the smell of this candle. And I didn't even know what it was. I was just in, in bed and I breathed it in and I was like, what is that smell? And three deep breaths I took. And I was like, what even is that? I haven't lit anything. I hadn't even lit this yet. I didn't even know what it smelled like, but I looked over at my altar. It was on the far side of my altar and I went and picked it up and smelled it. And I just started bawling because I had never experienced anything like that before. It's just insane. It's like, these are the things I feel like that you don't even know how it will feel when it starts getting activated inside of you, but it gives you an entirely different, um, way of perceiving the world. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the little ways of like how spirit can communicate with us. You know, it's almost like she took that smell and put it into your nose, you know, helping you smell that so that, you know, like, I want to connect with you on this deeper level. I'm here. Yeah. Mm so beautiful. So mm. thank you for getting me that candle, Hannah. You were, oh. you were, it's like this kind of symbiotic relationship that you can have in friendships too, where you're activating them in certain ways that they wouldn't be activated, you know, by you in the same way. And they're doing the exact same thing to you. If you let it in, if you acknowledge it, if you're not trying to be them, and if you're just, you know, allowing yourselves to, to really be open to a healthy friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, you know, there was a time it was, you guys were kind of slowing down on the women's circles and I was having a hard time during that time. I don't remember why, but I was having some sort of a hard time and I was really kind of like going into a shell. And I remember Brittany texted me like right when it was happening. And she was like, you've been on my mind for days and days. And I feel like something's up with you. I feel like something's happening with you. And I was, and I didn't really know Brittany that well. And I was kind of like, eh, do not look into my soul, Brittany. Because <laughs> like, oh. you know, I can get really private when I'm in that space. Like, I don't want anyone, like, intuiting nothing about me. And But because we w- were part of this really transformative group, you were able to see that something was wrong, even though we weren't that close. And then not to, like, toot my own psychic horn or anything, but then, like, a year and a half ago or so, when I called Hannah, I kept getting this really strong feeling and I didn't even know what a podcast was. I'd never listened to a podcast. I thought it was like a YouTube show, but I kept hearing to tell Hannah to start a podcast. And I finally, after like two days of it, just screaming at me, I finally just texted her. I was like, Hannah, you just start a podcast. I don't know what that is, but you should. But yeah, that is the kind of, 
that is the kind of magic that happens when we get into these groups where we share each other's soul. We open each other up to, to new possibilities. And, and that happens when we are very connected to ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the group that, just for the audience to clarify, the group that we're talking about is the Sacred Sister Gathering that we had in 2000. 18 yeah 2018 mm-hmm. and then 2019 we transformed it into this sacred sister yeah. podcast <laughs> wow i'm curious hannah if you're able to touch on it from your astrological know-how about when cora was just saying this i was like oh cancer rising that you want to show yourself off and be kind of private and stuff um i feel like i can have those isolated you know hermit zones hermit times too yeah. Coral is a, a Scorpio. You Pluto. You Pluto rising coral. What's so, Pluto rising? What does that mean? So your Pluto is right on your ascendant, super duper strong. This is why but you Pluto have a kind of like dark and creepy, isn't it? This is really? why you have a scorpion ah! tattooed on your neck. <laughs> so you're Scorpio rising? Libra rising with a Pluto Libra conjunct rising. the ascendant. So this is also why you're naturally tuned into psychic abilities because that's what Pluto stands for, Pluto and Neptune. If you have strong Pluto-Neptune in your charts, chances are it's easier for you to tune into the other hidden realms of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has Pluto and Neptune in their charts. So we, in, in one capacity or another, we can all tune into this realm. But if it's like a, something that is strong and more potent for us in our chart, meaning like, connection with our sun, moon, rising sign, the, the angles, then uh, it is comes easier for us, you know? So it's not like a struggle to having to develop it, but it's more like an easy flowing thing. So this is what Pluto likes to do. It likes to be very private. So Scorpio, mm-hmm. Pluto, we like to be very private and secret about what we do. <laughs> and it's something, and I'm a Scorpio moon too. And I know it in myself and actually my, a friend of mine just said that in the Conscious Life Expo because I told her, you know, we go to all these different things like um, the new human and uh, hyper children and I just tell her, yeah, you know, I have all these experiences with extraterrestrials and, and I just tell her all these different things and she's like, how can you keep this to yourself? Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> no, I had a really amazing astrology reading from um, Trisha McCannon one time, and she's an amazing author that I just love. It was like a three-hour reading, but she did say that I had a lot of Pluto in my chart and that she equated Pluto to the Phantom of the Opera, the character in the Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. and how he's like this dude that lives like, I don't know, under the under the ground of the opera, like in the basement or whatever. And he brings people down to those depths to Mm -hmm. teach them. But he is kind of a dark, darker figure. And a lot of the time he teaches people um, or he needs to learn himself through pain and things like that. But he's an amazing transformative teacher at the same time. And it's, it's kind of because a huge part of me always wants to be like these very soft love and light, you know, dress in all white, very floaty type people, because I, I like that. I like that vibe. It's very comforting and soothing. And to be very edgy like I am 
isn't necessarily how I I want to be. Because I worry, I worry that it might turn people off and people might be like, oh, that, you know, that girl looks too, too edgy for me to work with, or she doesn't look like a spiritual coach or someone who would work with spiritual children, you know? And so it's, it can be a conflict a little bit. I think it's so beautiful though, because it is so, so necessary. We've been touching on this so much in this uh, podcast because, you know, the love and light community of like, you have to wear all white and you have to wear your crystal crowns <laughs> and all that in order to be spiritual. Like it is so, so important to have this beautiful uh, yin energy that you embody with with dressing dark and having tattoos and, you know, doing doing your thing because this is who you are. This is what makes you happy. And it's not, it's not hurting anybody, you know? And if it triggers someone, then that's, that's their thing. Right. Like we've, we've talked about triggers in many, many episodes and how much we, we honor triggers. Um, because like even, I was just saying to my husband um, yesterday, he triggered me and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry I triggered you. I'm like, don't be sorry. Like, I appreciate these little triggers because I yeah. know, okay, there's something inside of me that that wants to be looked at, you know, in whatever way that is. And, um, you know, when we look at life like that, seeing, okay, this conversation, this is triggering me. There is something inside of you that wants to dive deeper into your psychic abilities. Um, and, and we all have them. Like we all have a gut feeling. There is always something that you feel like you may have, you, you know that someone's going to call you and then in the next minute they call you. Like, I feel like so many people have already a, a sense of it, but just haven't like embraced it and be like, this is, this is part of psychic abilities. This is my sixth sense. And so this is for the audience. If you listen to this and you haven't really dived into this deeper, allow yourself to open up to it. Because as we just discussed, like as soon as we say, yes, I am open to receive, that's when we send it out to the universe of like, I want to learn more about this. I am open to explore this other realm. I'm open to explore and embrace my gifts. Yeah, and I, w I want to, just to make sure to get this in there before our conversation is over, because it's the one thing that I always tell people when they want to get stronger in their psychic selves or, or they haven't had any experiences and, and they want to tap into them. So the thing that, that helped my psychic abilities the most and really changed the game from having it happen sporadically to being able to actually control it, it wasn't getting a teacher. Because some people are going to be like, well, I, you know, I don't know anybody who can train me. And, you, you know, don't use that as an excuse. The thing that helped me the most was starting to meditate. And meditating without, without uh, like, not a guided meditation, nothing like that. Because a guided meditation is very different than just sitting with your, your thoughts. Meditating in a quiet space with no music and no, I mean, music is okay if it's not distracting and really just sitting with your thoughts. And once you start to learn to recognize your, the, your chatter and then recognize when it's not chatter, when it's your actual soul talking, then you will be able to turn the key and open up that door to, to the psychic realms and to you know, actual messages that are coming through. Because it can be hard if you don't, if you cannot tell the difference between your mind chatter and actual messages, then you are never going to be able to trust yourself 
to, to know that you're receiving an actual message. Yeah, I always equate it to, and it's really funny, but I'll tell people it's kind of like uh, if there's a set of twins and, and maybe they're trying to trick their boyfriend into, you know, like maybe one of them is dating a guy and then he comes to the door and the other one is like, oh, I'm going to pretend I'm you, you know, and, and try to go on a date with him. If he doesn't know his girlfriend very, very well, he might be able to get tricked into going out with the other twin. You have to really get to know those two voices to start to pick up on your psychic messages that are there for you. Mm, I love that analogy. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to say too, since this was coming in while you were talking about what you just said, sometimes the gateway to being able to sit with the self in that way, or for it to be like tantalizing to where you want to is by starting with the guided meditations too. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It looks looks different for everyone. Mm -hmm. I know that I, I don't even know where I would be on my meditation game, which is still at the very beginner level for myself. If I hadn't gotten started doing guided meditations first, because I just didn't even I just wasn't yeah. even able to to sit. I just didn't even know what it was about. I didn't understand it. So really finding a teacher for me, like Sally Kempton and Kia Miller were my first uh, Kundalini and guided meditation teachers and really like help having them help me calm my mind and just like focus on a few different things like totally changed my life. And it led me to the place where I am now able to, and I prefer meditating without anything, maybe like binaural audio, but not guided meditations anymore. Yeah. Guided meditations. I recommend them, uh, to my clients and my kids, especially when they're trying to do something very specific, like contact one of their guides or, you know, meet a spirit guide, clear their chakras. Like it can be very powerful tool because you're almost getting to a trance and so you can meet like your, your team through a guided meditation, which is, can be hard to do when you're just sitting there practicing awareness. Yeah. 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 I, I think like the guided meditation is like, that's like the allowing yourself to be guided towards something. And when you're just by yourself, you have to guide yourself and listen at the same time which can be sometimes really hard. Um, But I also want to just mention that all these tools that we've been discussing, you know, using guided meditation as a tool, using different crystals or altar or tarot cards, you know, these are all great tools when they help us to further develop and access our psychic abilities. I think I think what the only thing that we have to be aware of and discerning of is when we become addicted to any one of these tools, when we become dependent on any of these tools, when we feel like I can't, I don't, I can't access my inner voice unless I have my tarot cards or like I can't access to my um, inner self unless I have my specific crystal with me. And because then we put the power onto a tool that is outside of ourselves, we become dependent on that. And that actually takes away the power from us. So I think yeah. using tools is so great and it's, it's super potent and beautiful. But as soon as we become dependent and thinking, okay, this is all I need in order to even be able to access that, that's when we want to take in that as, that's how I do it. As soon as I realize, oh my gosh, I need this right now in order to do this. That's when I get the message. Mm, okay. So I want to just take this tool away from my life for, for a moment. 
and not use that and try to get into that place in another way. So smart, you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. No, no, you're totally fine. I just wanted to add on to that a little bit too, because when you look at the chakra system and the seventh chakra being, you know, the knowingness, the ability to tap in sixth and seventh, um, that can also be an imbalance an excessive, like almost spiritual addiction, not necessarily saying what you do, Hannah, but even needing to glean like some deeper meaning and deeper purpose, like for every single thing that happens to you in your life, it can be so ungrounding and it can be so toxic in its own ways too, to always need to tie some sort of metaphysical reasoning to every single minute detail and thing that happens to you in your life too. So I just wanted to put that out there as well. So smart. You know, also, and just for y'all who are listening, you can get addicted to readings as well, that you are going to a tarot reader, you're going to a psychic. And I will, on my end, I will fire my clients if they start calling me too much and asking for readings about, should I date this guy? Should I date that guy? I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't do all that. I'm not here to, (laughs) you know, I'm not a fortune cookie. You know, I'm here to help you make your life better in a real solid way. I'm not here to tell you if you should date this guy and, and what is this guy thinking? And, but this other guy, nah, a guy, fine relationships. Yes, they're super important. All that stuff's important. But if it's very small things that they could easily just try on their own and follow their own instincts and give it a try and see what happens, that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. The clients that I want to work with are the people who really want to change their life, want to tap into their own soul. I don't want to have clients, you know, 10 years from now asking me the same exact questions. Otherwise, I haven't done my job. If I don't hear from somebody for a year, that's awesome. That yes. means that I actually helped them, you know. And you and with the addiction thing to to psychic tools, I'll tell you, I was addicted and I've been wanting to write a post about this or something where I was addicted to meditation. Like it, it was a legit addiction, almost like a sleeping pill. I could not fall asleep unless I sat up in bed and meditated, even if it was just a few minutes. And I remember getting so sick of it because sometimes some days I'd meditate an hour, but then when I got to my bed, if I didn't sit up and try to meditate right before bed, I would not sleep till two in the morning. And I had to fight to break that because I was like, I cannot be dependent on anything, even meditation. Mm-hmm. for something that's supposed to happen naturally, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so potent when we allow ourselves to take that power back, when we, when we bring that back into ourselves and then we realize, oh, wow, I can do this without that tool that I thought that I need. Oh, yeah. So one fun. of the tools I, I need to break myself of is a blindfold because I cannot get, when I, when I do readings for people, I don't just like, oh, I'm talking to you and here's your reading. I have to get into like a trance. Mm-hmm. And so I will carry around a blindfold in my backpack everywhere that I go. I have a blindfold somewhere because I cannot read without a blindfold. <laughs> so that is one thing that I'd like to stop because someday I'm not going to have a blindfold. And what mm-hmm. am I going to do? I'm going to be like, oh, sorry, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so fun. So we, I know that we've been talking a little bit about it, you know, when um, you've said that you don't want to be like psychically spied on and you want to have like a psychic shield around yourself. But, but also for people who kind of like do start sensing the other realm more and they start sensing something like negative. So, you know, something that is like more uh, feels like it's not something you want to have around yourself. What would you say 
can people do to like psychically protect themselves? Oh, I have been working with this question for the last couple of months, especially with mothers. I actually, um, posted on a few women's groups that I'm a part of that if their children are having any sort of uh, negative attachments or seeing things that are negative that I would do a free session with them because because I it is so near dear to my heart I don't want these babies being afraid at night and all this kind of thing so that has been my main focus for the last few months and what I would say I mean there's quite a few different tools that you can use but what I would say first is that I would clear Make sure that you're clear first. You want to clear your body. And the way that I clear my body and, and the children's also that I'm working with are my own is it's it's really simple. I will either fill them up with, with light. I will visualize a small kind of glowing orb in the middle of their chest and very slowly and deliberately fill all of their body up with light so that every single you know finger and toe and ear and you know hair on their little head is filled up with light and I will command that they be clear. And then after that, I will create, I will visualize like a shield around them. And I will, what I do is an iron ball. A lot of people will do like white light, but when I've done readings, I have noticed when I do a white light, I will still pick up things. And so I have created for myself like an iron lung because I'm like, I need nothing to get in my space when I'm doing this work. And so I'll create like a, an iron ball around them or for my children, as, as you've seen, I, I create a little energy egg, like a little egg around them. And I will bless that space that nothing can get inside of that space. So before you go in to do a, a deep meditation, before you start to, to try to connect with anything psychically, I would clear myself in that way, or visualize like a waterfall falling over you is another really good one. And then I would protect myself with whatever feels right to you. It does to me, it does to help to have something that's reflective because if it's reflective, it's reflecting back and kind of bouncing off of, you know, whatever's coming at you is going to bounce, bounce right off of you. And then when you're done doing a deep meditation or any sort of psychic work that you're experimenting with, do it again, do it again, clear your space again. And you can also, you know, command anything that you feel that is in your energetic space or in your home. Like you have the power to say, I don't want you here and to call in the very highest and best beings to, to surround your house and your home. And if you do that with a lot of intention and the key is doing it with a lot of intention, you say that out loud, nothing's going to happen. You have to really care. You have to really command that that happens and, and it will. Mm, thank you for that. Okay. I had a question that popped up whenever you were talking about cleansing it again. And I guess my question is more about like different people picking different things up and what you feel intuitively that that is about. Like if, if someone, you know, has this really beautiful divine space that they do this good, pure, perfect work at, and if someone else were to come along and, and feel something completely different, feel something like not good and bad and really, really bad, you know, it's like, how do you, what's your insight on that? That's such a fun question. Oh my gosh. We could talk about that for a long time, but you know, look at my, my house. Y'all have been to my house. I have mm -hmm. pentacles up. I have, you know, all kinds of fun little things. And my house has the best energy has the most beautiful energy. But when my Mormon parents come over, you know, they think, they think it's weird. And, and they've mentioned a few times, do you have anything in that house that, 
that might be bringing in, you know, negative this or that, whatever, because their feeling is very different when they see those kinds of things because of their belief system. And so anything, our intuition is filtered through our belief system. And so I might go into, I don't know, some, back when I was Mormon, for example, I went to a pagan church and I felt super, it was like super weird. And I walked away all freaked out and whatever. And now I'm doing priestessing at that pagan church. (laughs) And I love it. And every time I go, I feel so, you know, at home and and comforted. And it really is your belief system that's going to filter out your intuitions. And it's not saying that they're, the intuition that they're having is wrong or whatever, but for them, what is an alignment for their soul is, is, is something different than what is an alignment for mine, you know, and and very religious might be what is for their highest and best. That might be what is right. And so when they come in my space, that is not for their highest and best. That is not something that's going to resonate with them. And that's okay. And Mm -hmm. also at the same time, you can also have people who have, and this doesn't happen as much as, as it being the beliefs, but you can have people that have their own kind of negative attachments because a lot of people do. And sometimes it's temporary, but people will have negative attachments. And so that they, they will feel those negative attach- attachments will be triggered by being in a high vibe um, place. But that happens less than just, you know, the, the belief, the belief thing, which I think is a lot more common. I think it's so, so important to touch on this because I feel like in the spiritual community, it's so easy to be like, "Mm, I sense you have a negative thing attached to you and I'm going to heal you from this. I'm going to take it from you now. And I'm like, wait, you know, it it hasn't happened to me personally, but I know from a lot of friends and, and people around me that has happened that someone said that to them. And I always feel like I want to, I want to be like, Hey, wait, like I, I almost just like, as you were saying, you felt violated by your mom just coming in. I mm-hmm. feel like that's, that's what people do when they just say, mm, I sense a negative being, I'm going to cleanse you from this now, mm-hmm. because like, who's to say that they don't want to have that being in their life. And who's to say that that's being as negative to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Overstepping of boundaries on someone and you haven't had it personally happen to you, but I have. And It does feel like a violation because we, especially in the spiritual community, it's like people can be so convicted by these feelings and feel like they know, and it can very much come across like a, um, just like such a, yeah, just such a conviction, such a deep belief that if you are conflicting to that and they're not willing to meet you where you're at, it can be like, oh honey, like. I bless you and I bless your space. And, you know, if you don't want to move through this dark energy, then that's your, you know, (laughs) healing to move through or whatever. It's just such a fascinating thing. Yeah. I mean, it can be a fascinating thing, but if they're willing to talk about it, then that's something that, you know, you could come to see eye to eye on and at least open that dialogue because, you know, it's, it's really important to, to never be so convicted by your own beliefs or your own feels or whatever, and always be open to, well, this is just my experience. What's yours? What is your experience? Let's be curious together and never come to such a resolute conclusion about stuff, especially this unquantifiable stuff in the etheric realm, 
that, you know, that we just think that we, you know, we got it. (laughs) Yeah. I actually have had two times I've had people message me that I'm not very close with that. I know, uh, you know, just casually. And they've said that they have gotten an intuition that I need to do a project with them. And that, you know, me and them need to go forward and write a book together or something that they, that they were told that this needs to happen. And I'm like, no. And it's just, it's just like I tell my kids and, and my clients, but I always bring up my kids and my clients because they're like the same. But uh, I always tell them, you know, it doesn't matter what I tell you, even if I'm giving you like a session and I have done a session for you. And it's, it's just like the Buddha had this quote that says, um, it doesn't matter who has said it. Even if I have said it, don't believe anything unless it is in alignment with your own Mm -hmm. common sense and your own intuition. And that goes for me too. Even with Mooney, my little six-year-old, I'm like, if she has a different intuition about something that, you know, I feel strongly about, she needs to trust her little self. Mm -hmm. I am in no way an authority figure. I do not trump you as your own authority figure, you know, and, and nobody should encroach on, on people's energy in that way and, and try to intuit for them or read them without their permission ever. Mm-hmm. Except Teresa Caputo when she's like, at the grocery store because that's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Long Island media. I love her. It got me into all this stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so good. And you know what? Since since you just touched on that, who was it? It was um Jamie Oliver or Stephen Colbert. It might have been Stephen Colbert. It was one of those two that mm-hmm. one day were they were they had somebody on and they were talking about debunking psychics and um, TV shows that feature psychic mediums and what bull they are and how people really manipulate their clients by you know making them think that they have these powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said something that was so poignant in that segment, which was, um, it was. I mean, imagine if it was real, it would alter our state of, you know, the world as we know it. And I think we're not even ready to realize that either. <laughs> we wouldn't be ready to take that on either. So it's like they, people feel like they almost have to be super cynical and critical of it if they don't have the energetic space to even consider that life could be a different way because it would be too mind-blowing for them. It would change, it's it just- would uproot, it would uproot the entire belief system of how life is. It's just like with the alien thing. We don't have to get into aliens, but you know, the government keeping like alien stuff from us because like, what if everybody knew that all this stuff was happening and everyone freak out and life, the world would change in an instant and, and people aren't ready for that. Some, some people aren't. So same thing. Yeah. And it's Coral. We're definitely going to feature someone and talk about aliens now because Hannah and I have both had our own experiences with aliens. Oh my God. That's rad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny too, because seven years ago, eight years ago, when I met my husband and he was telling me, yeah, extraterrestrials are real, obviously. I was like, (laughs) no, (laughs) you're crazy. Uh, And now I'm like, duh. (laughs) Um, It's so funny. It's so funny how we can judge people. Like I've, you know, I've done it. I've, you know, I'm in the same boat. Like I, I see people doing their thing and I'm like, judging a book by its cover, done the same thing with astrology too. First thing I heard of astrology, I was like, don't believe that. All the people that have, you know, are Leo or the same thing, like doesn't, doesn't resonate. But I haven't opened the book yet. As soon as I opened that book of astrology, I realized, oh, wow, it's so much deeper 
than the surface knowledge that is out there. And it's so much, you know, in regards to psychic abilities, in regards to all the sad stuff beyond the veil. So much deeper. And it's uh, so individual, our experience in it too, and how we can access that for us personally. But I have like um, a little question that is not necessarily... um, part of the flow that we were talking about but it goes back to where you were saying with your grandma and mom and how they were able to look into the future (laughs) and see certain things that are you know prophetic dreams and see things that are then ended up happening so Mm -hmm. as you know we go deeper into this uh, feeling of there are you know so many future possibilities and the future is not set in stone and you know to a certain degree there are certain things that are destined to happen but other things are part of our free will that you know we can tune into different dimensions and we can shift dimensions and even just like the people that align we align ourselves with you know shift our future in a sense and and we take a different route so i i, I would love to hear your thoughts on that in, when you do have prophetic dream about something that happens in the future, is there a way for you to say, mm, I don't want that to happen, so I'm going to make a different choice now in order to attract a different kind of future? Um, you know, I do think that that is possible. and But I also think, I think it's yes and yes. You know, I feel like there are certain things that are almost like they are karmically supposed to happen. They are going to happen. We have a few big monuments in our life that are supposed to happen. I'll tell you, and I've never, I don't think I've said this out loud, but I think, I think that there was a possibility that I was not going to meet Ray and marry him and have my two last babies. I think that there was a great possibility that I could have stayed with my first husband. And I think in some universe, we're still together and, our, and sometimes I'm like, hey, guys, I hope you guys are doing well, <laughs> you know, like give us a little shout out because I feel that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, yeah, there are some big monuments that are supposed to happen in your life, but a lot of it is free will. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe 80% of it is free will. And so I do tell my clients when I'm working with them and they, we see something that, that is not the best, that, that they can change the energy to an extent, you know, and for the most part they can. Yeah. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love that we touched on that, um, on those parallel dimensions, because this is, you know, this is science. This is, science. <laughs> this is literally, yeah. you know, quantum physics. Um, we know that there are parallel multiverses going on at the same time, and there are different versions of us. And this is also, I think, kind of helps people to also connect with how can I still connect with people who are not necessarily incarnated in this lifetime anymore, but they're incarnated in another um, timeline, you know, and, and sometimes you can even tune into that timeline and the people who have crossed over in this lifetime show you what would have happened if they stayed alive, you know? Oh, I've had, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I've had so many dreams uh, about that where I feel like they're directly from my mom. And, you know, I see that timeline if she had survived. And 
it is not the way that she thought that she was going to heal from treatment and her, like my mom has really heavy Virgo in her astrology chart. She very much always cared about the way that she looked and she always had her makeup on. She always presented herself in the way that she wanted to. And she, her hair texture is completely different. And a lot of times she can't walk. Like sometimes she can walk in her dreams, but sometimes she just like is so frail that she just can. And like her face is drained of the prana, the life energy that, you know, it once had and everything is different. And honestly, that is so much more traumatic for the rest of my family to handle because um, in these dreams, usually we're at parties and stuff and people are like having mental breakdowns because my mom was such an important figure in our life and everyone knew her to be this, you know, effervescent, vibrant, super spiritual being. And this is just different now. And it, that's something that's really helped me find peace with her passing too, because my sister has the same dreams and usually we have them on the same night. When wow. my mom comes and visits us, she will visit either me and my sister, my dad and my sister, me and my dad the same night. And it's beautiful. Or me and my niece or me and my nephew, like two people dream about my mom on the same night all the time. And it's not to say that it happens every single night, but the times that it does, we, t we have a family group chat where we tell each other our dreams about mom. Mm -hmm. And we share stuff like this all the time, that it's, that it's different. So thank you for talking about the timeline. And I really want to say too, I really want to honor your time, Coral, because I know that we said about 90 minutes or so, and it's been about 120 almost. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. It passed fast. This has been so fun. I know. And there are so many stories that we had written down that we hadn't touched on yet. And so many, know. you know, different aspects that we wanted to, um, to touch on, but I'm, I'm really calming myself because I was wanting to bring a lot more structure to this episode, but it didn't go that way. So I'm really breathing into the fact that everything got said the way that it needed to be said and it's landing in the ears of the audience as it needs to. So yes. there's that. <laughs> yes. And I, I think it, it went exactly as it was meant to. I feel like we touched on on all the clairs and we shared our stories and shared how we can protect ourselves from negative energies, how we can dive more deeper into it. We had little action guides and exercises um, that I invite you listeners to maybe look deeper into that. Uh, we're going to add that book from Lauren Virtue into the description so people can look deeper into those exercises as well. Um, and now for the closing, let's see, what is, what is coming up for you, Coral, and where can people find you if they have psychically gifted children or if they are, you know, ready to dive deeper into their psychic gifts and they want to connect with you, how can they do it? So you can find me on Instagram. That's a really easy way to find me. And it's all under Coral Newberry. I have uh, my website, coralnewberry.com. And I'm on Facebook as well, which I love. But there's only a certain amount of friends you're allowed on there. So I'm filling up on my friends. I need to slow it down. But uh, so yeah, you can find me on there. And the thing that I, I do readings for people, but what I am really trying to move more towards is, is teaching if it's for adults, if I'm working for with adults, what I would, what I have been doing is one-on-one -on -one classes. And so we'll do them over Zoom where we'll do one-on-one -on -one classes and I will specifically create a class for that person 
to help them with whatever they are going through. So it's almost a mini reading because I do tap in and ask, what does this person need to know? And then I create a class so that they're walking away with a ton of different tools that they can use at home and start to do this work on their own, which is really what I want for people to be able to do it on their own and not come to me for readings. That's my goal. And I'm also creating a program and it's, it's almost done and I'm about ready to start marketing it. But if you contact me, I can, I can give you more details. And it is specifically for psychic and just very intuitively gifted children between the ages of seven and 15. I am working with children who are getting ready for junior high and high school because these very psychically gifted children are... I feel are the ones that are having the hardest time adjusting when they get into school. And with the high suicide rates that we have with children of that age group now, little like 11 year olds, this happening to. And I feel like because these very sensitive little people are being put in these very rough grown up environments and it is, it is too much for their little systems. And so it's an entire course from from clearing your child to giving them tools to use at school so that they can protect themselves to giving them ways to sleep better and not be afraid of the dark and, and clear your house. If you feel like there's something in it and really fun psychic games that I play with my own kids are in there. And it's just, it's very, very impactful. And it's every single thing that I have used in the last 23 years with my own children to mm-hmm. help them to grow spiritually. So let me know if you're interested. It's pretty amazing. I'm so excited about it. It sounds super amazing. Wow. It's so, so needed. So needed. It, it's world. so needed. And there's nothing else out there like that. Nobody else is doing that. And, mm. and it's, it is really going to help your child and yourself because it's for mothers and their children. So it is also focusing on mothers and helping your energy so that you can better help your child. Hmm. And, and I just want to say too, a little ping just went off for single fathers that are raising their children as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful. Any, just accessing yeah. that divine feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Being yeah. able to really hold, hold space for the child. Thank you. And we'll definitely be having the um, details inside of the description for this episode. And now for our sacred questions, huh? Yeah. So at the end of every episode, we always ask these three questions to our guests and you can answer them in a shorter format, kind of just like whatever it is that's coming to your mind. So our first is what does sacred mean to you? Sacred is anything. You know what? Sacred is everything. That's what it means to me. Everything is sacred. Mm -hmm. But when I feel that very strong feeling of, of, of sacred, it is when something brings me peace and resonates with my soul, that's when I remember that everything is sacred. Mm, Beautiful. What does having a sacred sister mean for you? I feel like it is someone also that resonates with my soul that I can trust that I know is there for me and has my very highest and best interest at heart and wants to see me grow, wants to see me shine and is just as excited when something amazing happens to me as it when it happens to her. Mm, so beautiful. And you just did a bestie ceremony with your best friends. I did with Serena. I just love her so much. That was so fun. So fun. Mm, so, so beautiful. beautiful. And what are some ways that you turn 
something normal or mundane into something magical or sacred? Oh, you know, my, like my that's your daughter, whole life. <laughs> yeah. My little seven year old just came to me the other day and she had a little bracelet. She had a little charm bracelet. And I said, Violet, that's so beautiful. You never wear jewelry. Why are you wearing that? And she goes, it's protecting me, mama. I blessed it. I blessed it. I put it in my hand and I blessed it that when I go to school, it's going to make me feel good. Mm. And to, to transform something from like lead into gold really is just your intention and you're wanting it to be different. And you can do that with anything, just with your intention, with maybe a short prayer or like with the little violet putting it in your hand and, and blessing it. Oh, sweetie, just love her. I feel like that's such a, such a profound nugget of wisdom. Who is it? Um, I feel like even I heard Hannah say this just recently about how even putting your shoes on and tying your shoes can be a sacred act if you make it so. Mm, It's like, you know, it's just intentionality really is everything. And I think we can overcomplicate and oversimplify it. (laughs) I mean, both ways we can think that it's just too simple to actually let it in to change our lives. And then we can also think that we need too many things outside of ourselves or more time or more this or more that. And it just is an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. I love that he just said that because that's ultimately the whole puts it all together in the psychic abilities because literally we can go into one extreme and just oversimplify it of like, oh, that dream doesn't matter. That that little hunch doesn't matter. Or like overcomplicated in a sense, I need to go to psychic school in order to really access my abilities, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with us, Coral. It's truly been so, such a blessing. Oh, I love you guys so much. Thank you for always supporting me in all that I do and always being my cheerleaders with all the good things that happened to me in my life. Oh, thank you. You're your sacred I sister. You are. Yeah. You're the original ones. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. And we hope that you have a really great rest of your day and your Happy healing. Happy Valentine's Day. Your healing babes. Yeah, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. So I hope that you have a blessed little uh celebratory day (laughs) and we will be talking to you soon okay cool love you thank you love you thank you so much bye-bye i hope this episode was as much fun to you as it was for us Really, really diving into those psychic abilities. I hope that you are using the action guide and find it helpful for your life. And if so, let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can also add us on Instagram at Sacred Sister Podcast and we can connect there on a deeper level as well. And of course, always we love to receive any kind of feedback, reviews, ratings, We love all of that because this is something where we know what content resonates with you and how we can be of greater service to you as your sacred sisters. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Namaste.